Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. As I said last year when I came back, people would think, and if you saw the podcast last night, this will be a little bit redundant to you, but... People would say a faith, a faith minister who got sick, a faith minister blew his back out. You know, what about all that you preach? And do you come back, do you come back humbled? Absolutely freaking not. Understand that because if you see a man fail that has nothing to do with theology, it has nothing to do with what the Bible says. If I fail, there's people in here that last time I blew my back out was a decade ago, which is the longest run I've ever had since I've been married, and I've been married 26 years. So I would just, it, it, it's not a structural issue, it's an inflammation issue, and I lost the battle. It's as simple as that. And people are like, you, is this how you really feel when people are sick, when people are infirmed? Yes. Where do you get this from? See, whenever anything is happening in my life, what I do is I run to the Word of God. I run to the Bible, and whether it makes me feel comfortable or not, whether it makes me feel edified in the, in the worldly, churchy sort of way or not, I run to the Word of God. And whatever the Word of God says is what's applicable, is what's true. Period. So I run to the Word of God. What does the Word of God say about sickness and infirmity? What does it say? In Matthew chapter 8, verse 17, it says, He took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. When you saw Jesus on the cross and those lashes that had opened up His skin, by His stripes, you were healed. So if I wasn't able to receive it, that's on me. You know, but there's a couple that's right, the courageous ones who read their Bible. The rest of you are afraid to amen that. Well, we might hurt Tom's feelings if we amen. Don't worry about hurting my feelings. I've already run to the Word of God. You run to Matthew chapter 17, 19 through 21, Mark chapter 9, 23 and 24. What do those things say? The disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? Now, these are people that will later raise the dead. But at that moment, they asked, why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said, and this is all quotes, Matthew 17, 19 through 21, I'm quoting the whole thing for you. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. He didn't say try harder. He didn't say you did a nice job. He didn't, he didn't marinate them. He wasn't seeker sensitive. He was the word of God, so he spoke the word of God. So he said to them, because of your unbelief, if you have faith, for assuredly, I say unto you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. But it doesn't end there, because you see, it's a process of casting down unbelief. When you fast and when you pray, it's about casting down unbelief. 
Everything for the believer from the moment that you get saved onward is about casting down unbelief. The reason why a lot of you are unsatisfied and unfulfilled in your walk with God is because of unbelief. The reason why you struggle with sin, the reason why you are offended is because of unbelief. No, I'm offended because of what somebody did or what somebody said. No, it's because, it's because you don't believe God is enough. So you find fulfillment in being offended. Howbeit this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting, Matthew 17, 21. It's a process. Whenever I fail, I run to the word of God and I say, where am I at in the process? What do I need to do? So what did I do over the last two weeks? There's stacks and stacks and stacks. I showed the Carruthers when they were over at my house. I showed them my stacks of Bible cards, which I add to all the time. They sat next to my bed. You can ask my wife. They just churned through the word of God every single day and built up my faith. The last time I had this exact same thing, I was out for a month. And I cut it down to two weeks. You see, and you see, that's good. It's not great, but it's progress. But it's still my fault, and you need to be like, you know what? It's on me. Right now, whatever you bind is bound. You don't want to be sick, bind it. You don't want to be infirmed, bind it. And you won't be. That's the word of God. I know that's not seeker sensitive, and I know that that's not what's being preached in most pulpits today. But it's the word of God. If we're going to celebrate the resurrection of the word, ought we to preach it? Jesus is the word of God. He is nothing else but the word of God. Why do we not preach it unabated, unfiltered? If thou canst believe, Mark 9, 23 and 24, all things are possible to him that believeth. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. That's what you do. I know that, listen, you won't find that preached in 99.9% .9 of all churches. You know why? Because they're afraid. You know why? Because of unbelief. Do you know why? Because it'll offend people. On this Easter Sunday morning, you think I'd be seeker sensitive. You think I'm not going to talk about vaccines today? Oh, Tom, there's people in here. They're never going to come back. Don't care. <laughs> love you enough not to care. Look at me. All of you are already offended. I love you enough not to care if you're offended by the word of God. You have to hear it. You will not be able to save from me from hell or from heaven. Tom did not tell me the truth. I came that one Sunday, and he didn't tell me the truth. I will tell you the truth. That's where I'm at. Where I'm at is wherever the word of God tells me I'm at. And it tells me I have a ways to go. Who wants to go with me? Amen. 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 Let's preach the message. Are you ready? He's going to talk about resurrection today? Yeah, here it is. Matthew 28. Let me just throw this to you before I read this. Matthew 28, 1 through 8. 
There is no resurrection without death. Everybody likes to hear about resurrection and no Christians want to die. I'm crucified with Christ. You should be dying off to your old self. A lot of you, God can barely see your new heart because your old one's still there. Amen? In order, if we're going to jump up and down and, and celebrate resurrection, there ought to be a death. There ought to be multiple deaths. Are you offended today? How about lay that one down? It's the most popular word in Christianity is not Jesus. It's two words, I'm offended. Those are the two most popular words in Christianity, I'm offended. It really is. How do you know that, Tom? Because I've been pastoring for 17 years. I'm trying not to get off onto that. Matthew 28, 1 through 8. He is risen. Now, after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other, and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for, it, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. I love that. That's what I would do. If I rolled back a stone, I'd sit on that thing. <laughs> carve out if I was if I was an angel I'd carve out like a recliner and just sit in that thing <laughs> with some chicken rings pizza and <laughs> his countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow and the guards shook for fear of him and he and, and became like dead men but the angel answered and said to, said to the women do not be afraid for I know that you see Jesus who was crucified he is not here for he is risen, as he said, come see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and indeed he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. Now, if we're going to talk about the resurrection today, let's talk about what it does for you individually. I didn't say what it does for us. Let's talk about what the resurrection does for you individually. For most Christians, the resurrection is simply a dot on the eye and not the eye itself. There is no Christianity. There is no faith. There's no point of a cross without the resurrection. So what does the resurrection do for you individually? What are you gonna walk out? It used to be the big white doors, so I have to change my vernacular. When you walk through the big brown doors in the back, what are you gonna walk out with today? What does the resurrection do for you as a person, as an individual? What does it do for you? Because it is vital. And again, there is no resurrection without death. None. Matthew 28, 8. Let's look at this. We're going to focus on this part first. So they went quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples word. Mark 16, 8 puts it this way. So they went out quickly and fled from the tomb, for they trembled and were amazed. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. The resurrection story to most Christians is folklore and mythology. They do not apply it to themselves. 
What do you mean, Tom? Well, let's look at the characteristics of the resurrection. If you were crucified in Christ and you were raised again, amen? Then what ought that to be doing to the world around you? As a resurrected human being, what ought that to be doing to the world all around you? Because here, we are Christians, right? So we ought to be mirroring Jesus. His resurrection brought trembling and amazement. What ours most likely has done, and I include this, I include myself in this, is said, well, they're nicer than they used to be. The reason why the world does not respond to the church is because we don't offer them trembling and amazement. That's what the resurrection offers. Fear, godly fear. This is how the world should feel about us. 1 Corinthians 3.16. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple? and that God's spirit lives in you. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is sacred and you are that temple. The world ought to tremble with fear with the church's responses to anything. At the church's response, politicians should be lining up and begging for the church's approval instead of insisting that they lock down for a 99.9% survival virus. And I just want to welcome everybody to month 25 of 15 days to flatten the curve. Philadelphia just reinstituted their indoor mask mandate. You thought it was over? It's never over until you stand up. It will never end. They need to fear the church. The resurrection brought fear and trembling to followers, let alone the world. The appearance of the angel to the soldiers made them as dead men. We need to be operating just like that. Just like Jesus. Here's the transfer, John chapter eight, verse 12. Then Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. And now, so there was Jesus during his ministry, John chapter eight, early in his ministry. I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Here's the transfer, Matthew chapter 5, 13 through 16. Hear these verses all the time around here. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? Do you realize what salt does to a wound? It does two things. What does it do? Shout it. What does it do? Cleans it. What else? It hurts. It stings. How many of you have ever purposely walked into the ocean to heal road rash? I have, seriously. Nothing will heal it faster. However, you might be suicidal the first 30 or 40 seconds. 
So Jesus, this is going to hurt some of your feelings, was the light of the world. But he says, you are now the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, as in closing and taking vaccinations, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Is that not what happened worldwide? And don't tell me about the African church. Don't tell me about a church in a foreign land. They all closed. There's a few that stayed open like us, but they all closed. They're not the salt of the earth. They are the world. We are the world. That's who they are. We want to be community partners and good neighbors. It's not what you're called to be. You're called to come out from among them and be separate. Well, that's not accommodating. I don't care. I don't live by the word tolerance. You're not tolerant. Don't care. Whatever the word of God tells me to do, I step up and do it. You, verse 14, you are the light of the world. He was the light of the world. He empowered you, the body of Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit to become the light of the world. Jesus, although this offends some people, was not omnipresent. He needed something and somebody who was. It is to your advantage that I go away. John chapter 16, verses 7 and 8, that the Holy Spirit should come. It is to your advantage. You are now the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Now, do you take your light or your salt that is, offended, is offensive? Because light is offensive too, is it not? We put in these new lights in here. I can see you all much better. But light can be offensive. Light reveals things. Everyone practicing evil hates the light, does not come to the light, lest their deeds be exposed. That's why they throw one crisis at you after another. They keep themselves out of the light with your distraction. Light is offensive. Salt is offensive, but not just offensive. You know how you want to, when you, when you know somebody is a false prophet, do you know how you know? If they only preach part of the gospel. I will, I will worship, listen to this verse, I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth, for you have magnified your word above all your name. If you only preach the loving kindness, you're a heretic and a false prophet. You loving kind, let not mercy and truth forsake thee, Proverbs 3.3. 3. If you're only preaching half of the gospel because you're trying to win people, you're winning them to heresy. You preach the full gospel. That's salt and light. It's what you do. But Tom, that means people will leave. Many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. We get so bothered by people who leave churches. People have left me from day one. Now look at us. Just preach the word. It is seed that will come to fruition. 
You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket. But on a lampstand, on a lampstand. If you notice in the book of Revelation, the bad churches, Ephesus, Pergamos, Sardis, Laodicea, Thyatira, the five churches that were not good. Some of those churches were threatened with what? I'll remove your, la- your lampstand. I'll remove your platform. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. That's what we should be. That's what we should be all about. The great thing about today is it launched perfectly, of course, because the Holy Spirit knows what he's doing. It launched perfectly into the next message series. The next message series is entitled, which starts right now, Privilege. What kind of privilege? Well, that's a controversial term these days. (laughs) Well, of course, that's why I'm doing it. (laughs) What kind of privilege are you talking about? I'm going to show you. The resurrection gives you privilege. There's all sorts of nationalities and skin tones in this room. So it obviously does not apply to any of those things. The resurrection, which can be embraced by anybody and everybody, gives you privilege the moment you embrace it. Privilege. Thomas, in today's society, you know, to walk around and talk about having privilege, you know, that's not going to aggratiate you with a lot of people. Two words again, don't care. It's not my purpose. My purpose is not to mesh well with society and be accepted by the world. If I'm accepted by the world, I'm not a bondservant of Christ. Galatians 1.10. It doesn't mean I go out there and purposely try to offend. I don't. A lot of you probably think I do. Every chance I get, walk up to the sinner and tell them they're a sinner and they're going to hell. I don't. I pray. Philemon 1.6. That he would open up the doors for me to share my faith. If he doesn't open it up that day, I don't share it. Well, as he opens it, I share it. But it gives you privilege. I'm not worried. I will, I'm telling you right now, I am privileged and I'm white. <laughs> now, you can say I am privileged and I'm Asian. I'm privileged and I'm black. I'm privileged and I'm Hispanic. If you're a Christian, you're privileged. Society may grant privileges on people, don't know, don't care. Doesn't apply to me. My citizenship is in heaven. I don't really care what society offers. I care what the word of God offers. The word of God says that I'm privileged. Romans chapter four, verse 25. He was delivered over to death for our sins. So we have that, right? Now you have to preach both sides of the gospel. The resurrection is not a dot on the eye, it's the eye itself, as much as the cross. He was delivered over to death for our sins, but was raised to life for our justification. Are you a Christian if you're not justified? So are you a Christian without the resurrection? There is no Christianity without the resurrections. Nothing. You're justified. What does justified mean? You know what justified actually means is acquittal. 
It doesn't mean not guilty. A lot of Christians are walking around saying, God has stamped me not guilty of my sin. Wrong! God has stamped you acquitted as if you never sinned. He keeps no records of wrongs. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed your transgressions from us. Why do you still live as if you ever sinned? You've been acquitted. There's no record. It's not, he doesn't have a filing. There's Aaron and there's Tom, there's Naz, there's Norma. Not guilty. Wrong. There's no record. He sees you because he sees you through the veil of the blood of the lamb. It's perfect. Why do you not walk like that? Jesus said it. Matthew 5, 48. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly father's perfect. Well, I still struggle. That's demonic. Well, I'm still a moody old cuss. Demonic and carnal. Go back to my favorite, I'm offended. Carnal and demonic. Demonically carnal. You're acquitted. There's no record. I don't care if you sinned before the worship service. You were out in the parking lot in a major fight with your wife, dropping one F-bomb after another. If you said when you came in here, Lord, I ask you forgiveness for all of my sins, and I turn from them. You're acquitted in Jesus' name. What we'll tell you here that most churches won't is that you have to turn from your sin. If we deliberately keep on sinning, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Hebrews 10, 26 and 27, written to the church at Jerusalem. Oh, but I'm eternally secure. I won't get into that today, but please. You never know, I might get into it. What time is it, 11.15? Yeah. Could happen. You know, on that. <laughs> I have a sister who sent me a message. Maria, you're out there somewhere. There you are. You send me certain messages, you're stoking a flame. Some of you send me vac stuff, whatever it may be. Stoke flames. It is a very, very dangerous thing to tell people that once you're saved, you're always saved. Do you know that's not in the Bible? Anybody ever read this bad boy? It's not in there. The words eternal security are not in there. If they have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and are again entangled in it and overcome, they are worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and then to turn their back on the sacred command that was passed on to them. Of them, the Proverbs are true. A dog returns to its vomit, and a sow that is washed returns to its wallowing in the mud. God's not mad at you. (laughs) 
That's 2 Peter 2.20 through 22. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. It's over there. 1 Timothy 4.1, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. It's over right there. Here is a trustworthy saying. If we die with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. I watched a brief message just a couple minutes until we were mentioned. Thank you, Maria, for ruining my entire message this morning. <laughs> we were called by this Baptist church somewhere in Port Charlotte. The mega church in Northport, that's what we were called. <laughs> that preaches that you can lose your salvation. How do you have an end times falling away, of which 1 Timothy chapter 4 is titled, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 is titled, Warning Against Falling Away. Hebrews chapter 5, 11 through 14 is titled. How do, you ha how do you have the belief that you can never walk away and lose your salvation? How do you fall away? They say that they were never saved. How do you fall away from that which you never had? Jesus said, if anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withered. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Pastor says, well, I have hundreds of verses that contradict it. Oh, I've read it. I don't see him. Reading the same Bible, I assume. I say that today for anybody that's in here. Don't leave with your life not right. Don't be leaning on some sort of doctrinal staple that doesn't exist. People walk out of here all the time, folks. Get used to it. I have. I see all you walking people. Are, yeah, they're going to walk out. There's a couple Baptists probably. <laughs> Stumbled in here. I thought this was the old church. <laughs> they walked into Hurricane Foundation Church. Get used to it. John 6, 53 through 67. Many of his disciples went back and walked with them no more. What did they say? This is a hard teaching. Who can understand it? That's why they walked away, because it was a hard teaching. Why would you not? It's Jesus. Why would you not stay and try to understand it? If you're hearing Bible verses, which, by the way, the retort from that pastor, there was none. There's never any retort to the Word of God. That's why you have to memorize the Word. There's no answer. You will absolutely confound those who are ignorant of the Word of God. They have nothing. Aaron's probably, I know Aaron has seen at least one, probably has seen more than one, people who have confronted me at the door of this church. Well, this is, you know, I heard you say this, and I'm like, Bible verse, Bible verse, Bible verse. They just burst into tears. They have nothing. They have nothing. It's not about me, and I'm not being arrogant. I have nothing. Without him, I can do nothing. He's the word. I give them the word. There's no religion never, ever satiates the soul. 
It won't work. The word does it. The word pierces it. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrows and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. It's unbeatable. Well, I believe. Just cancel. That's not, what, that's not how Jesus answered. Jesus answered Satan with what? The book of Deuteronomy. Amen. The resurrection is essential. It calls you acquitted. Not the cross. The cross bore your sins, but the resurrection calls you not, not just not guilty, non-existent sin. If it was left at the cross, you'd be not guilty. But with the resurrection, it makes your sin non-existent, justified. Justified. It's a big deal. And for those of you who have sinned as much as I have, it's a big deal to be acquitted. I'm glad that I'm acquitted. I'm glad that I'm free. I'm glad that I'm not just, well, I'm not guilty. When you see trials going on, you don't, I mean, not guilty is better than going to prison, but what you really want is an acquittal. His acquittal said you never committed the crime at all. Not that there just wasn't enough evidence to convict you. That's not guilty. The resurrection is essential. Romans chapter 10, 9 through 13. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Equal, equal. Resurrection, the cross, equal. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him, for everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Amen. We're going to give you that opportunity today. And I don't want people in here that are sitting here thinking that you're fine and you're living in sin. You're not fine. I didn't say you weren't fine because you sinned. I said you're not fine if you're living in sin. You already know if it's you. You're looking at a man who has lived in sin. I get it. I'll say something really arky for you. You ready? Occasionally, I say something arky because occasionally a blind squirrel finds a nut. (laughs) Occasionally, an art church says something that's actually correct. I'm not here to judge you according to your sin. A redeemed, acquitted sinner cannot be disgusted by your sin. I'm not. I've done all the sins you've done. I get it. But you can't, and you, well, it's, it's the same thing as healing. Am I wrong for saying it because I myself have been guilty of sin? Well, I don't want to be healed because Tom wasn't. That's, that makes a lot of sense. 
The hypocrites telling me not to be saved? Is the hypocrites telling me to deal with my sin? Is that gonna work on the day of judgment? Well, the reason why I didn't respond to the altar call, Jesus, because Jesus is the judge, John chapter 5, 22 and 23. For those that believe in a bongo playing, tie-dye wearing Jesus, he's actually the judge who will command angels to throw people into the lake of fire for all of eternity. That's the Jesus. He's not mad at you. That's the lie. He has both sides. Loving, let's just make it simple. Lamb and lion. Same exact, both sides. If you're living in sin, you must get it right. Don't lean on Calvinist doctrine. John Calvin is a man who burned believers at the cross and wrote eternal security. That's the truth. Amen. The resurrection opens the full covenant. Everybody good? 35 minutes to go. You good? Who wants to go longer? 35 minutes until I'm done, then we're gonna, then we're gonna do an altar call. How many of you, how many were raised in like traditional Pentecost in here, anybody? Raise your hands. So for you, right now at this moment, the worship may have ended in that church service. Because we're an hour and 26 minutes in. And for you, the worship may have just ended in the three hour service. When I don't attend here, I attend Rodney Howard Brown's church in Tampa. That's my pastor, is Rodney, Pastor Rodney, who called me many, many times while I was laid out to check on me and to motivate me. I don't want some, listen, I don't want some soft peddler either. If I'm not gonna soft pedal you as your pastor, I don't want my pastor soft peddling me. He does not. Just calling to check on your brother. I'm doing good, pastor. Okay, you can't miss another Sunday. Yes, sir. I don't care what you have to do, you have to be there. I'm, I'll be there, I'm going, I'm doing the podcast tonight. So I told him. It's like putting out a fire. I'm sorry, Pastor, I love you. <laughs> if you go to his church, they started at 9.30, they're two hours in, got two hours to go. So I say that so that you think it will really brief. And you don't get bored. How could you be bored anyway with me offending you one ten, every 10 seconds? <laughs> The resurrection opens the full covenant. What does the resurrection do for you as an individual? It gives you, number one, the power of reverence over the world. The world should look at you. If you are an anointed believer with the power of the Holy Ghost living on the inside of you, the world will begin to fear you starting today. I don't mean fear, oh my gosh, we're terrified. It can be that. It's the whole realm. Fear, horrible fear to reverence. When you walk in the room, there's something different. That's how it should be. It opens up, number two, it opens up the full covenant to you, to you as an individual. Through the, through the resurrection, to our words, through the resurrection, we have 
Revelation. Look at these verses. Luke chapter 24, 36 to 45. Jesus appears to his disciples. Now, as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them. This is after he was resurrected. And he said to them, peace to you. But they were terrified. There it is again. And frightened. What happened when Jesus in Mark chapter 4, uh, verses 37 through 41, in the, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Do you see what he brings to every show? Why don't we? We have the same spirit. Why don't we? We must. The world is depending on a mighty revival of God from the light of the world powered by the Holy Spirit. We must. We must bring it. And it will cause some to walk away, but you'll win way more. Again, look at this church. Look at it. I've run more people off. I would get, I would wait, I'd put my numbers against most pastors. <laughs> but they were terrified and frightened and supposed they had seen a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Before my behold, my hands and my feet, that it is I myself, handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet, but they were still, but while they still did not believe for joy and marvel, they were so thrilled to see him, they didn't believe. You're like, how does that work? Very simple, it's religion. It's the same thing that happens inside the church. We get very excited about a song, but not about the Spirit of God. It's the same thing. Resurrection to us is a nice tale that inspires me for a day, and I go home to Catbury Heaven. It sounds like a voice of experience. It is. I love any holiday that's an excuse to make more chocolate. <laughs> but that's what was happening here. But while they still did not believe for joy and marvel, he said to them, have you any food here? So they gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb, and he took it and ate it in their presence. Listen to this, verse 44. Then he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. Verse 45, said all those verses to get to this one. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. He opened 
their understanding. Understand something. He did it all. Get this now. I want you to get this. I'm going to lay out to you three scriptures, actually four total. But I want you to understand something. He did it all. I want you to think of the gospel as a raging river. And all that you have to do is jump in and cooperate. You know how you cooperate with a raging river? Just tuck and go, baby. Just tuck and go. You can fight all you want. It's a useless struggle. He did it all. He opened their understanding. Do you realize that you're a Christian because he gave you that belief? You had to make a small decision, but he gave you the ability to believe. Where do you get this from? Romans 10, 17. So then, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by... Who is the word of God? Say it loud. He's the word. Listen, there is no delineation between the Bible and Jesus. When you see people saying that we are acting in Jesus' name, but contradicting the word of God, and they're doing it in the name of love, i.e. masking and locking down, and pimping vaccinations, understand that they are not loving. They are not acting in Jesus' name. Because in order to act in the name of Jesus, you need to be acting in the word which is Jesus. Again, and you hear this all the time in this church, but that's why you have Psalm 138 too. For he's magnified his word above all of his name. Because anybody can do anything in the name, but you can't beat the word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, hearing by Jesus. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Most people stop right there. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Grammatical lesson for all of us this morning from the son of an English teacher. For by grace you have been saved. Is it up there? There it is. You got to get to eight and nine up there, guys, if you can. You got it? Okay. Look at the verse. Grammatically correct. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. What does that mean? Does that mean grace or faith? If it's grammatically correct, which I believe the Holy Spirit would write the Bible, grammatically correct. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that, that faith, is not your own. For by grace you have been saved, by faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Your faith is a gift of God. He gave it to you. It's your opportunity to come into the covenant. He did it. The moment you said, you know what, I'm going to respond to that altar call, or however you got saved, he gave you that faith. You are formally, completely, and totally blind. There's Christians, not even Christians, they're churchgoers that sit in one service after another who are not saved and are stone cold because they don't have the gift of faith. He gave it to them. He opened up the scriptures for them. We don't even get credit for our faith. He did it. 
It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Next verse, Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me in the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. By the faith of the Son of God. Not in that, that it all gets misinterpreted. By people who don't want to believe the gospel. By the people who just rewrote the NIV to make it gender neutral. It's true. It was the 84 NIV. When you hear me quote the NIV most of the time, it's out of the 84 NIV. If it's modern NIV, I don't use it. I use it if it's the same as the 84. Why? They don't want it to be offended. They took every, every reference out to the male gender. Whereas ever says he, it says they. What are they, do they, do they attend Disney World? <laughs> Groomers International? Your faith, we live by his faith. We get credit for nothing, perfect for all of us. Especially for those of us who are living by the two, the two most popular words in Christianity. I'm offended. You mean nothing, nor do I. Rejoice in it. It's very relaxing to realize you're not that important. If you're offended, you're all about yourself. You worship yourself. You ought to go buy a giant stick of wood, depending on how large you are, carve an image and burn incense to yourself. That's the truth. Well, I have a reason. No, you don't. And I'm going to tell you this again. Why does Tom preach this all the time? Because there's so many offended Christians. Do you know that those who, who you are offended by don't care? They don't care at all. They're not thinking about it. Well, I've really ruined that pastor's life, man. I left. He doesn't care. I can flat out tell you, I don't. People storm out of here, whatever it may be. I go home, do my usual routine. You're worshiping yourself. Get over it. Even if you're right, it doesn't mean that you have the right to be offended. There's a difference between vict being victimized and being a victim. You don't have to live the life of a victim. You can be right in an argument and not be offended. I'm always right and I'm never offended. <laughs> Honestly, you know what I do? The moment that I've been proven wrong, you can ask any of my friends. You can ask the people that work with me. You can ask my family. I can't get to them before you can. The moment that I am proven wrong, I turn then. Now. Some of you are stubborn. Stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. 1 Samuel 15, 22 and 23. That was Saul's problem. Stubbornness, for those of you that think it's an attribute. The moment that you are wrong and you sit there and just keep on arguing because your pride is hurt, i.e. the maskers, i.e. the vaxxers, i.e. the lockdowns, all those people that have been proven that the vaccine mandates are the proliferation 
of the beginning of the mark of the beast. They've been proven wrong, but they will not admit it because they're stubborn. And their churches are closing. They still there, but they're still right. You know, we just wanted to wait and see how bad it was going to be. We're still right. We're still arguing. If you're like that, understand what you're doing to your life. You've been proven wrong. Look at the fruit. What I do is the moment that I am proven wrong, I go, you know what? Wait, 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 wait. You're right. I'm wrong. Do it all the time. You're right. I'm wrong. Some other people will continue to battle. I won't mention their names right now. Mark 4.11. He has given us, remember, he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Without him, we are unable to comprehend the scriptures. This is why you have theologians waltzing around the earth with their priestly robes on that have the Bible memorized but don't get it. Listen, the Pope knows the Bible. I would venture to say that on a pure knowledge level, he knows it better than I do. But he has no clue what the Bible means because it hasn't been opened to him. Why? He's not available. He's way too Catholic to be available. Some of you in this room are way too Baptist, and some of you are way too Pentecostal. There's Pentecostal can turn into a religion at a moment's notice. Anything can, and people have a tendency to lean towards religion, and they become unavailable. The resurrection gives you revelation. Without the resurrection, you don't get, he opened their understanding to the scriptures. That didn't happen until after the resurrection. Listen to this, Mark 4, 11. To you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. Do you realize that most people don't get the Bible at all? You can read it to them and they don't get it because they have not had their understanding opened. It's a miracle. It really is. Some of us, we get so Christianized and we get so used to being in church that we think all of this is innate. No, it's a miracle that you understand the Bible. It's God's gift to you. Not of works, lest any man should boast. It's God's gift that you get it. It's God's gift that you understand I'm a sinner in need of salvation. Most people don't get that. Tom, how can you say that about most people? I didn't. Jesus did. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, and few there be that find it. Matthew 7, 13 and 14. John 8, 32. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. None of this would have happened without the resurrection. That's number two. Number three. 17 minutes to go. Everybody good? Through the resurrection, if there's no resurrection, there's no Holy Ghost. We focus on the cross. We focus on the blood. Full gospel, focus on it all. Without the resurrection, there is no Holy Ghost in the new covenant form. There's nothing. Here it is. 
John 20, 18 through 22. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. Now let's go back to our original problem, going over to Mark 16, 14. You're like, what are all these things you're reading? This is the Bible. It says foreign to the church as the Constitution is to the average American citizen. The average American citizen goes, you want me to put a mask on? No. Or at least, why? Or at least prove to me why. Tom, you're just rebellious. No, I'm not. Just want the truth. Mark 16, 14, here's our original problem. Later he appeared to the 11 as they sat at the table. And he said, hey, great to see you guys, I'm back. No, he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. Mary Magdalene came to them and said, I have seen the Lord in fulfillment of the scriptures. As Jesus had told them in person he would do. They didn't believe her. They actually, if you look at the scriptures closely, they looked at it like we look at conspiracy theories. Well, that can't be true. There's no way it's a man-made virus. That's Alex Jones. Oh, yeah. He starts right in on them. He rebukes, which means sternly corrects their unbelief and their hardness of heart. That was his first encounter with them. He sat at a table, everyone's happy. Not so much now that Jesus is in there. He doesn't always bring joy and happiness. He brings correction too. Preach the full gospel. Then the same day, back in John chapter 20, starting in verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said, peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the, then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. He does it all. And said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Without the resurrection, this is the resurrection Jesus that gave you faith, that gave you revelation, and the resurrected Jesus that now gives you the Holy Spirit. Without the resurrection, there is nothing. Nothing. The resurrection's your acquittal. It's everything. There's not one without the other. Receive, breathes on them. Receive the Holy Spirit. He gives them the Holy Spirit, which never happens without the resurrection. John 16, 13. However, when he, the spirit of, of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, that he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. I want to tell you this real quick. Luke eleven thirteen. 13. Jesus speaking to evil people. If this applies to you and you're not saved, then God's still holding your evilness against you. But I also say this to the Christians. Luke eleven thirteen. 13. However, when he, not, not uh, Luke eleven thirteen. 13. 
If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how then, think about this now, how then, how will your heavenly Father not also give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I'm not saying that you're evil. If that applies, it applies. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But have you asked him? Have you said, Holy Spirit, I want you? It is an individual request. Look at the whole verse. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? But you have to ask. I'm too Baptist to ask. Stop being that Baptist. Don't be that Baptist. Ask him. What threat is there? I want you to think about it. What threat is there? You're not asking me to come over. If you're talking to the spirit of Yahweh, the spirit of Jesus, then what threat is it? Holy Spirit, I want you. I want the new covenant you. I want to be baptized in you. I invite you in. What threat is there? There's no threat. The only threat is to your religiosity. He may lay you on the ground. He may start jumping up and down. He may slay you where you stand. I don't mean dead. Just knock you to the ground. Been there. What's the threat? Do it. Amen? I just had to throw that in there. Kind of a last minute addition. Back to John 16, 13, just the last part of the verse. And he will tell you things to come. However, when he, the spirit of truth, he's called the spirit of truth here. He's called the spirit of truth in two other locations. He is the spirit of truth. So he will tell you what is true according to what he has already heard. So the Holy Spirit will read the Holy Bible to you. He will never contradict the word, ever. He cannot. He doesn't speak on his own authority. He speaks according to Jesus. He speaks according to the word. Why did some, here's the COVID part of the message. I thought you, Tom, you've already talked about it. No, not enough. (laughs) Why did some not see it coming? He will tell you things to come. No, that's just for the Pentecostals. Then you're just a religious person. Stop talking. The Bible's for everybody who says, Jesus, you're my Lord and Savior. That's the Bible. So he will tell you things to come. I'll just use, because Aaron was up here today. When Aaron and I were seeing COVID, we were never fooled. Aaron at the time was 26. I was 50. He wasn't fooled. I wasn't fooled. Why were most people fooled? Because they have not tapped into the one who will tell them what's coming. They had no sense. And the scriptures weren't opened up to them because they weren't breathed on. They don't want it. The the Holy Spirit is a grievous threat to religiosity. It is a grievous threat to your portrait of yourself. I've told you this many times. I I love them. I love them all. I love all, all people. I really do. But I have to admit, I find it amusing, people's portraits. See, a lot of times, I've been probably in 
the two most transparent professions that you could be in. I think of these verses out of Proverbs. Death and destruction lie open before the Lord. How much more the hearts of men? It's Proverbs 15, 11. I think about that, and although I don't have the Lord's hindsight and fullness, I have his gifts, and so do you. And I can, a lot of times what happens inside of a church is the pastor knows people's insides and outs. They come to him for counsel, which very few people dare do that with me, but they do come. <laughs> if you're coming, like some people are like, well, he, he wouldn't see me for this, or he wouldn't see me for that. I'm not going to be, I'm not here to debate scripture with you. Not here to be your best friend. None of that. If you, have to, if you are in need of counsel, I will get you counsel. I will counsel you or I will find counseling for you from somebody that I trust. But people will come. So I know a lot of times what's really happening. Now, and, and I marvel at the portraits that people paint of themselves and their family. They actually walk around. This is what I want you to see. And it's all a lie. Back when we were smaller and I really knew everybody, I would marvel at the religious liars. I remember a guy in the church, his wife hated him. I know. He knew I knew. And he was one of those guys, he's like one of those marriage conference refugees who believes that if you call your wife your bride, it fixes everything? Or if you put out that long puke fest Facebook post, today is the 10th anniversary of the day that I married, the love of my life. Justified in hating you because you are a giant, glistening pile of turd. It says dung in the Bible. Why are you offended? Because I put the word glistening on top of it? But that's what people do. They don't want the Holy Spirit in to expose them. Expose the way, Lord. You don't see any. I am no different anywhere. I'm not trying to hide anything. That doesn't mean I'm out telling everybody about all my sins. But I don't paint a portrait of perfection. I haven't reached it yet. When I do, I will make an announcement. I want everybody to know I've arrived. <laughs> and I give any man in this church that I call friend, I was looking at, I see Paul in the back, Jer over here, any of you guys that I call friend, that if I start calling my wife, there's my bride, just come up behind me and knock me out. 
So why did some not see it coming? They don't want the Holy Ghost. They don't let him in their personal life. They're certainly not going let to let him into their revelatory life. So they're blind. So the person that they listened to, their purveyor of truth, was Anthony Fauci, who's demonic. So they're receiving their instructions straight from a worm-ridden, sulfur-smelling hell. The Christians are. The Christians are. This church was closed. This building, the people that were here were closed. You should have seen what Heather and Aaron did to my office. <laughs> they found all their COVID stuff they left. They had stickers you placed on the floor that you have to stand. You put that sticker there and you... They put those all over my office. <laughs> Mask required. And to make this clear, I don't mean that, that Foundation Church was ever closed. We were never closed. But the church that formerly occupied this building was, as long with, as long, along with every other church, Closed or at least extremely mitigated. Basically, all of them closed for a period of time. Why? It was blatantly obvious what was happening. Couldn't you feel it? That's why you're here. Some of you, you were going to those ark style churches. They were preaching naked and unafraid, sand and stars. <laughs> what is it called? Summer playlist at the movies. They put that in my office too. There's a giant at the movie sign. That was here. Mass, you have to wear a mask sign was in my office. Why didn't they see it? A lot of you went there and when you came in here, you're like, what is he reading? You were just like Josiah in the temple. That's the scriptures. And you came back to life because God gave you, via the resurrection, knowledge of the scriptures again. Heading towards the end. Why did, not, why did some not see it? Why did some not see what a vaccine passport is? How can you not see it? How can you not see not being able to buy, sell, trade, or travel without your papers? How can you not see that in alignment with Revelation chapter 13, 16 through 18? That he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads. And that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark of the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast. Let him who has understanding. He opened up the scriptures to them. That's why you knew. It's his gift. He gave it to you. Otherwise, you'd be as blind as everybody else. You'd be a walking zombie apocalypse like everybody else. Narrow is the way. He gave you the gift to find it. Isn't that good? Why don't they know? Two reasons, and I'm finishing with this. Matter of fact, worship team, you guys can make your way. Finish right here. Aaron, I'll tell you when to start playing because I got a few things to add. 
Going five over, five over, five over. Take five. Why did they not see it? It's very simple. Nobody will say it outside of us. I'll say it. Why did they not see it? It's one of two reasons. I said it on the podcast last night. Either there is no Holy Ghost with them, he's not welcome, or he told them and they blew it off. That's the only answer for the believer. Of course, listen, of course Hollywood's masked up and vaccinated. That's what I expect from the world. But not the precious chosen of God. The ones that he gave, he breathed on them the Holy Spirit. He gave them the knowledge of the scriptures. I expect more. I expect more. And I'm going to tell you this in closing. I'm doing the COVID update at the end. Even I don't open up an Easter service with the COVID update. (laughs) But I will, however, close it with it. (laughs) I want to warn those of you who are on the right side of politics. And I mean that literally, the right side of politics, of which I am also. But you can, you, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, and what I mean by that is he is not, he is not Lord in your life. He may be a, an accoutrement, but he's not Lord. Your carnal feelings are, your mind is, your past experience, whatever it may be. You can be right on COVID and then miss the next one. Understand it because the, the plan of the enemy is crises after crises after crises. That's the plan of the enemy that we saw starting, it really did literally start in 2020. The beginnings of sorrows, we are in the midst of those now, were firmly revealed in 2020. As you see the plan of the enemy unfolding, crises after crises, you have COVID hit, right? Starts the wane, then you've got George Floyd. And then you have the wave number two. And then you have the vaccines. And then it starts to Then you have Delta. And then you have Omicron. And now what do you have? Ukraine. Oh, Tom, how can you say that? It's a genocide. Genocide's all over the world every single day. You know why it doesn't bother anybody? Because they're brown people. Tom, you sound like a left winger all of a sudden. It's still the truth. I'll go with the truth no matter what. It makes me sound left wing for a moment. I don't care. We don't care. I'm telling you right now, and I don't mean we. I mean our culture, of which we're not a part of. Our culture doesn't care about the genocide of brown people. They don't care. I, play, I can't stand Trevor Noah. Can't stand him. However, he was cogent in one part, on one broadcast that he did. He actually, he he highlighted all of these CNN and MSNBC and mainstream media people talking about Ukraine. This is just like our backyard. This is is not some foreign land. This is not some place in the Middle East. This is Europe. How could this be happening? Europe? Trevor Noah even says this. Europe was famous for their 100-year war and got a Nobel Peace Prize for ending it. War is way more common in Europe than anywhere else. 
They don't care. Do you know what the numbers are in the Saudi Arabia-sponsored and America-sponsored Yemen war? You know how many people have died there? 377,000. Where, where are all the Yemeni flags? I'm just curious, where, where are all the Yemeni flags? On everybody's Twitter profiles, in Facebook pages. Where, where's it at? It's all the Ukraine is. It doesn't mean that there's not atrocity. There is. The, by the way, Ukraine is bombing their own people. Russia's bombing the Ukraine. Ukraine's bombing Russia. Russia's bombing the Ukraine. Ukraine's bombing Ukraine. Russia will, be gladly, will gladly bomb themselves. They're all corrupt. I don't pick one demon over another. Anybody who worships at the throne of Klaus Schwab, which Zelensky and Putin both do, I'm not choosing sides, it's just to hide vaccine data. It's another crisis to hide a crisis that's working against them. Here's the data. I put this, I put this out on the podcast last night. I have to do it, I know it's Easter. Go eat chocolate. Maybe it'll make you feel better. Heart attacks in Australia in one year are up 40%. Their hospitals are not jam-packed full of COVID patients. And the only COVID patients that are in there are fully vaccinated. 90% of their COVID deaths and COVID hospitalizations in Australia, in England, in the United States are fully vaccinated people with the bonus of a 40% increase in heart attacks. Why? Because you either, listen, if you are vaccinated, you need to respond to a healing altar call. You need to receive healing in your body. Those of you who are vaccinated, and when our prayer teams meet on each side of this stage, you need to sprint up there and receive healing of that vaccine. Because if you are vaccinated, you are a ticking time bomb. If you don't believe me, you need to run to your doctor right now and get what's called a D-dimer test. Thank you, brother. I mean, and again, sprint. Because what is happening in your veins right now is capillary blood clotting and or ADE, antibody-dependent enhancement syndrome, where you have transformed through genetic engineering your body, your immune system, from being a fighter of disease into an usher for disease. That is why everybody, listen, 40% increase in heart attacks? Again, you know, I keep them with me all the time. Right here. This is, what, this is the Thomas Rents DOD lawsuit. With what's happening in our military as they were all injected with an illegal vaccination. They're only allowed in the military to be vaccinated with Comerity. Comerity is not available to the military, nor they say that it is, but it's not. They've all been vaccinated with the Moderna or the Pfizer, which is illegal. They, there needs to be a massive class action lawsuit against Joe Biden himself. Oh, there's the politics. Don't care. Truth is truth. If it was Trump, I'd say Trump. Listen, I'll say it right now. Trump is a notorious vaccine pimp and whore. Yeah. 
Military, heart attacks up. One year, 269%. Para and mericarditis up 200%. Pulmonary embolisms, 467%. Bell's palsy up 393%. MS up 480%. Immunodeficiencies up 275%. Menstrual irregularities up 476%. Skin cancer up 300%. Spontaneous abortions up 306%. Clotting disorders. D-dimer test now, 1,175%. HIV up 590%, that's in one year. When you compare the statistics from 2016 to 2020 versus 2021, That's the statistics. That's the facts. There's a federal lawsuit going on right now. Tom, why are you talking about, how is this politics? These are our precious military personnel. Most of them mere children. Mere children. We in the church, they talk about caring? You think you're caring? You think it's caring to vaccinate them? No. Heart attacks up in Australia, 40%. Great Britain now has followed the lead of the CDC and NIH and is now officially hiding their COVID vaccine data. Up till last week, their data showed this. 90% of adults hospitalized with COVID were fully vaccinated. Over 90% over 90% of their COVID deaths were vaccinated. And now they've stopped the data, just like ours has. Strange how that works, isn't it? Right-wing conspiracy theory? No, bold-faced lies. Bold-faced lies. Finishing with this. I couldn't pronounce this name last night on the podcast, so I'm giving it another try. Kalabali, there we go. Victor and Lendeloff. Who are these guys? Nothing to us because we're a football country. Those are very famous soccer players all of which had to leave the game because of chest pains and couldn't breathe. Again, three more of the most high-profile athletes on the planet. Soccer means nothing to us, it does around the rest of the world. I think this would stop people, they can't see. They can't see, that's why you need to be praying over people and targeting people. Nellie Gorda, the number two female golfer on the planet. Can't play anymore. She has capillary blood clotting. She has blood clots. She's 20 years old. I think she's 23. 23 years old. Never seen this before. We need to operate in the truth. This is not politics. This is no more politics than abortion. If they can't abort you in the womb, they'll abort you with a vaccination. It's just like Satan. They are murderers from the beginning. They are of their father, the devil, and they want to carry out their father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning. We must stand. Amen? Amen. Praise you, Lord. Thank you so much for joining us. We know that when there are this many people in person or watching online, that there is a chance that some have not started a relationship with Christ. If that's you, and you would like a relationship with Jesus that washes away the stain of sin, you will need to start by repenting of your sin, confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and asking Him to be the Lord over your life. That means giving up control. 
If you have never prayed this or you have fallen away and want to return to the kingdom of life, repeat this prayer after me and mean it. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and I now turn from them and I give you my life from this day on in Jesus' mighty name, amen. If you said that prayer, you are saved. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.